Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Real spoilers powered by ReviewSTL.com. Warning, the following film discussion will ruin the ending of any movie you haven't seen. Example... Bruce Willis is dead at the end of The Sixth Sense. See how I ruined it for you? Just like that. Here are a few more. Silent Breed is people! I am the father. Get it? Real spoilers. You've been warned. Broadcasting from the lush but not lavish studios located in the basement of the O'Keefe Institute for Advanced Film Snarkitude, this is Real Spoilers, episode 388, The Incredibles 2. I think is this one just called Incredibles two? It's, in, it's Incredibles two. There was like There's somebody no was like, yeah. Oh, it was no. interesting because the first one's The Incredibles, yeah. and then I always wanted to keep saying I'm going to see The Incredibles. Well, because somebody but. said, "Hey, hey, Brad Bird, why not The Incredibles two? And he was like, "Well, because why not The Terminator two? <laughs> it was like, it's "Oh a yeah, very valid Terminator point. 2. Oh yeah, yeah. And it was like, "Oh yeah, you're right. It does sound." Kinda, and it does sound way it. better without the. Yeah. It's just yeah. weird because you want to say yeah, that the sequel's like, called. Yeah. yeah. No. So. I don't. I'm, I'm trying to suss out that. I guess it sounds different to me because the Terminator isn't plural. Right. It's singular. If it was the Incredible. Yeah. And then Incredible 2. Disney hashtagged it either way to yeah. be safe. But yeah. Because <laughs> they knew everybody would get it wrong. Yeah. <laughs> so they're like, just in case. But uh, no, I mean, it's. Yeah, it's a valid point. Yeah. So I guess before we dig in, let's go around the table and everyone can introduce themselves. This is Dan. This is Kevin. And this is Tom. Don't forget, uh, we're available on iTunes. You can go there, rate, review, subscribe. And you can also find us uh, on the Internet at Facebook.com slash Real Spoilers and our Patreon account. If you just can't get enough of us at Patreon.com slash Real Spoilers. So there we go. I guess now we shall dig into Incredible Incredibles 2. <laughs> we are the Joeless. So, uh, no, this is Joe List 2, actually. Yeah, oh, two. Oh, yeah, two weeks we, in a row. Last week we were the Joe List. This yeah. week we're Joe List 2. So, let me ask you guys did you guys both see Incredibles in theaters? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So, that came out in 2004. So, it's been 14 years. I was going to college. It was my first year of college. So, I just, this is the one Pixar movie that because of like where I was in life, I just never saw it. I never came back around and saw it until about within the last year. I just saw The Incredibles. I thought it was great. I just I just missed yeah. it completely. Right. Yeah. Um, and so you have zero nostalgia for the property. Right, yeah. exactly. And I really enjoyed it when I just saw it this past year. But um, yeah, I don't have that whole buildup. So all the people mm. saying, like, I've been waiting 14 years. Like, I've been waiting yeah. a few months. Right. Oh, no, this is... The, I, I mean, I've triple dipped on this movie because I bought the DVD. And then when the Blu-ray came out, 
Now I got the 4K. Just came out. Ah, it came out in 4K. Yep. Oh wow! I bet yeah. this movie looks incredible. Well, yeah. I, I don't mean to use it 4K. funny, but no, no, 4K. It's, that and it's uh, it's one of those ones. It's like, and then my daughter got into it, and she loves it. And um, it's one of those ones. It's like I probably watch it one, at least once or twice a year. Well, with her, it's, it's probably right. I'm, I'm, well, like Saturday. every day. It's yeah, in the but, I, but my I watch kids it. are like that with Toy Story. But yeah. I, I like I will actually sit down and watch it, and it's just it's one of those ones. It's so you know. Got to remember for Pixar, this is the first time that they had an outside story. Uh, it was an outside story. It was Brad Bird's story, and he wanted to direct, and he approached them because he wasn't because of Iron Giant, which yeah. is his great cult status, but right. you know, it underperformed, and also not a kids movie, right? In the traditional sense, and he was like, "Hey, I want to do this," and it was the first time Pixar said, "Yeah." They let somebody come in with an outside, you know, it wasn't from the, the brain trust. Right. No, he worked with them. Sure. You know, he also did a salad stepping in on Ratatouille. And although some of that, we're starting to hear that some of that sounds a little sketchy, the whole <laughs> director replacing, they've done that a lot. Yeah. Yeah. But this is the first time that they, they did that. And it, I think it helps separate this. It's part of Pixar. And it is part of Pixar, but it, it's so interesting to watch it now. It's like. This movie, or the first one, came out the same year that I think the second or the first Fantastic Four came out. Okay. Yeah, I think, yeah, because I remember people saying that this was a better Fantastic Four Absolutely movie than, was. than the Fantastic they Four. They always yeah. say this is the best Fantastic yeah. Four movie yeah. ever made. Yeah. and it, But it, it was so, I mean, and watching it now, it's like, I was telling my wife, I go, they that first movie's so timeless because there's no era that it's attached to. Right. You've got 60s music 60s spy music you've got um you know so heavily james bond and right. stuff um you got a lot of johnny quest in there and then you've got 50s mid-century modern architecture you know and then the cars are all like so there's never yeah. anything that but looks they're still like, like pretty high tech yeah yeah but at no point where you're like oh it's a totally a 1990s but movie. what's right. also great is that it can't ever be outdated because because you've got this slick Pixar animation mm-hmm. which is beautiful and breathtaking yeah. about a 60s era-ish looking movie and so yeah. no matter when you watch it it's like the yeah. setting is supposed to be older but it looks new which most movies if they're set you know right. actually filmed in that period especially younger kids are going to go oh that's old and they won't yeah. watch it so yeah. it has has this really interesting combination yeah. the other thing that i found fascinating about it is i had always heard it but it's it's so just like Iron Giant, not a kid's movie. Right. There's so much adult subject matter, and, and not to say that it's overly violent or, or tackles anything gratuitous right. like that, but it's not at all like a kid's movie, but kids can still enjoy it. It's got the action. It's got the mm-hmm. fun animation, but it's a deep story. Yeah. And yeah. I, I was really impressed by you know th- that it had come out 14 years ago, especially, but how well it held up for adults. And, yeah. Um, and this movie does more of the same. Yeah. I think he, this he one, wrote it for adults. Yeah. yeah. And I think this one might get a little bit too into grown-up territory. I say grown-up instead of adult, so it doesn't sound dirty. Sure. But uh, I, the, my crowd, anyway, I got a little... The, the younger ones got a little restless. Same. I, yeah. that's, that's the problem with movies like this, is it's fun for kids to watch them at home is fine because they can run around and do whatever they want, play with their toys. Right. But to keep a kid's attention span, on, yeah. I, I just noticed in this it's movie, a two hour movie, I loved it, but yeah. there is a lot of talking. It's a sitting two hour at the movie. couch, sitting around the couch, talking, yeah. talking, talking. And again, I enjoyed it. But if you're thinking about bringing your kids, I mean, I had a wiggle worm next to me mm-hmm. uh, and now we have electronic. Katie? 
Yeah, no. yeah. No, she she had been waiting 14 years for this movie. She was giving death glares to all the kids. Naughty, <laughs> like she was she was one of those people. It's like that, no one better ruin my experience, you know? Because she's been waiting. She's like, I will end you. But but no, like this kid now in the theaters, we have motorized chairs that uh-huh. can oh, it's so up, up and down, down, up and down, squeaky leather seats. Yeah, with yeah. the motor going and like and, and it was obnoxious. And like the parents should have eventually yeah. like they were way late in telling their kid to stop but like that's the problem you're going to get into and it's the hard part of, part about this movie because of course it's geared towards kids mm-hmm. but you've got all these adults that love it and then also the you know the younger adults that were kids when this first one came out right. so i will say that if you haven't seen this yet you're probably better off going like in a week or two or to like a I don't know what you at nine o'clock or something. If or, you really want to enjoy, or go to one of the dining ones where that you can't have kids. Either exactly. you can't have kids, or if you can have kids, like most people probably aren't going to shell out you know bucks fifteen for, twenty bucks yeah. to take right, their kid yeah. to it. And know? I just mean for the enjoyment. Like if you really yeah. want to enjoy this and you love the first one from fourteen years ago, like. I mean, I still really enjoyed this movie, but with the kid next to me doing the chair stuff right. and the noises, talking out loud, it's like, and you can't blame them again. It's yeah. a, it's a kid's movie, kids, yeah. but, but you know, you're going to have a different experience. So just keep that in mind going into it. But yeah, yeah I, I mean, if you're going to go, well, if you're going to see it at 10 a.m. on a, a Saturday, which is what I saw, you, you got to, you're, you're going to have, have families, but I was, it worked out for us. That's good. Because, you know, we have an almost six year old. Yeah. So. And, so going into this movie as someone that didn't have the nostalgia for the the property but really enjoyed it i've seen the first one twice now mm-hmm. i'm like i really liked the sequel i so I, good i you know and, and uh they of course in 14 years have really stepped up the animation mm-hmm. the character models all look the same they're the mm-hmm. same shape you know i wondered is, is you know a uh, last girl still going to be as exaggerated as she was in the first one and you know and it's right. just they kept the same design which is great because yeah. people wouldn't want them to change that but it had a very it's hard to say like a realistic, like, you know, they put that faux film look to it. Mm-hmm. And so it looks realistic, but at the same time, it's still animated. Like it's, it's just a beautiful animation. Like all the shadows and yeah. lighting were so much better than they were 14 years ago, but they still made it look like the incredible. Yeah. I think they even, I, I'm curious to see if they like even sort of like stepped it down held, a little held yeah. back. Right. Just so there wasn't like this huge disparity between the, uh, the first one and this one. Cause of, 14 years is a and and that technology <laughs> and yearly yeah. animation i mean pixar every yeah. at least year or two at the longest but i mean they're always coming out with a new technology and they look mm-hmm. better and better and so that was one of the first yeah. things i thought was how are they going to still make this look like it? and i think they pulled it off great i it, mm-hmm. it looked more realistic but at the same time again cartoony um it, it's just breathtaking and and you know this is brad bird who obviously he uh he's notoriously difficult to work with uh he is a perfectionist he he, he spends way more time and money on things than usually would studios will allow. Right. And then look at the end product, though. Yeah. I mean, he's he's made Tomorrowland. a name for himself. Well, oh. that's the... <laughs> do you know the story? I still, I still cry about do, that. Yeah. Do you know what he turned down to do Tomorrowland? Oh, it was... I'm trying to... It was something big. One of the Star Wars movies? The Force Awakens. Yeah. yeah. He turned down Star Wars The Force Awakens oh. to do Tomorrowland. And you know what caused him to do that? What What, like, the sign to make the decision was? an episode of south park <laughs> it's a fascinating story i actually tweeted about it a mm. couple of days ago but he when he had to make the decision so he was working with i think it was damon lindelof from lost is right. the one that produced tomorrowland or wrote it as yeah. well and uh damon when he heard that 
Brad Bird got the Star Wars offer, he was worried. He was waiting for the phone call of, yeah. I'm going to drop out your project that's been in development, about to start filming. Right. Yeah. Lindelof was like, I know I'm going to get this phone call, right? right. And uh, so he was worried. But then Brad Bird said he turned on the TV, and it was an episode of South Park, and they did something to where like they put like Mickey Mouse in front of Space Mountain with a lightsaber or something. They were making fun of like yeah. Disney and Star Wars and stuff. And he took that as a sign like... Th- <laughs> like not to they're making fun of the commercialism right. and everything and so south park made him decide to go with tomorrowland over start just but it's a, not like that's not a commercial film <laughs> right no no it's just i, I don't know it's You're just st- funny, i mean though. it's like i don't know that it's any more yeah. there's any greater amount of artistic integrity to make a movie based on a theme park ride yeah you know not even a theme park ride a theme park <sighs> land the you know the uh sort of the backstory behind tomorrowland and the, the development of it just makes it so much is such a better version than what we got yeah which was you know they found this like they took sort of an archive from walt and it was all these notes and all this stuff and you know so i mean they you know sort of like the the build-up to it and and they took tomorrowland and turned it into escape from witch mountain yeah yeah but i mean they 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 they, it was there just they weren't really there i still can't bring myself to watch it i've never seen tomorrowland just because of how much you guys said like they're in tomorrowland for like five minutes yeah the first like that first that opening scene in tomorrowland you're like right on and you're like oh but then we're not going to go back and for an hour and a half and then when we do it's going to be dilapidated yeah then it was kind of like i mean it it was that and then it was men in black for about an hour yeah this is yeah yeah so the incredibles too incredible so too. good so, so this movie is supposed to take place only months after the I mean, first one i think it the takes, opening scene is uh, like minutes it's, yeah it's like it's been 14 years for us but it's been 14 seconds for them because the last one the ends underminer. with the underminer coming up and they're like let's go tackle the underminer and this picks up with the underminer yeah, so i mean they they butt up against each other it's right after oh, well, but, it's, it's right after um dash's race right you know, the race where they're like, you know, go fa- faster, slower. No. Okay, just go in the middle. Second. Go for yeah. second. Go for second. <laughs> yeah, it's been so long since I've seen the first and, one. And, you know, Violet has her date set up now. She's going to see the, the, the boy. I can't yeah. remember his name. And then they're, um, you know, walking to the car. Yeah. From the from the first movie. So, yeah. I mean, it's it really butts up. But after that scene, it's pretty much, it's been three months. Yeah, so. I think, yeah. yeah, I think because there's like a, that's a flashback or yeah, something right. where it jumps ahead a little bit in time. Um, but, yeah, I was, I was. I think it's cool how they did that, how there was such a weight with it, but yet, you yeah. know, story-wise, if you watch them back-to-back, you, yeah. it's just a perfect continuation. Well, um, and I like that how they open it with sort of an odd cold open, too. Yeah. You yeah, know, it's, it's, the, it's really weird. It's so, was that character in the first one, the guy that erases memories? Yeah, I just, yeah, he was their handler. Okay, so he, yeah, he uh, he reminds me of, like, other Pixar characters. Yeah. He just the way that he's made. He's very, uh, yeah, he looks like gross. just the old Pixar guy that you yes. see in some of their other stuff. So it was confusing. I'm like, wait a minute, who is, is that the, supposed to? Yeah, and I, I don't know if he was in other movies, but it, he the, their character models for this, I was looking at them, I'm, I'm wondering, do these jive with other Pixar yeah. humans? We don't, we don't see a lot of, hum- well, you see... Uh, so like uh Brave and Toy Story, maybe it was two. So the guy in the short film that plays chess, isn't he the guy that restores Woody? Yes. And so he has yeah. that weird human, you know, he's one of the yeah. few humans you see, but yeah. they use his character model again yeah. in that. So I was kinda wondering I was yeah, like, this I one mean, looks there's been so many movies where you didn't see humans in Pixar movies, like Big Owl. Yeah. Uh from, Cars from where Toy Story Two completely yeah. you know, there's no humans in that. Uh, but um, yeah, so 
the characters, I think they, the characters sort of fit within their yeah. Their sort of like design. Yeah, I like it. To. I you know the the thing about Incredibles is that all the character models are very unique and very. They you know they have a certain style to them. I like it that they're mm-hmm. exaggerated, that the yeah. proportions are odd, you know, for compared to humans yeah. in the real world. I, I think they have harder edges on Definitely, them yeah. than like like we saw in Brave. They have really yeah. yeah, they have really you know, they could have a really big torso and it goes down to a tiny mm-hmm. little waist. Yeah. And you know, it's just it's interesting how they draw, but I like it. I think yeah. it's a great style. Um, and so they definitely continue that from the first one with this one. Um, but yeah, so the movie starts off and, and this, the Incredibles are in a fight and this kid is recounting the story. It's the one who Violet's supposed to be on the date with later on. And, uh, the Incredibles break into action and he's hiding, I think, behind a car and he peeks out and he yeah. sees the whole family. And, and of course he still can't tell who they are or who she is, but as soon as she takes off her mask, then it's violet, you know, and, and so he's freaked out by it. And so their handler ends up doing like the men in black, you know, mind mm-hmm. eraser type tool, except it's like a plunger that, yeah. that sticks to his head and, uh, uh, erases his memory. And we find out that not only does he erase memory of the incident, but he erases all memory of violet, which becomes a running, you know, storyline because she's mad. It, mm-hmm. She's mad at her father for telling the handler and him mm-hmm. erasing her. And so, so all throughout the movie, she's bummed out by, by this, you know, she was so excited for the date and, yeah. and this kid doesn't even know her and causes some pretty emotional beats too. Yeah. Like it's, you know, again, this movie gets into some serious territory. That was the guy from Breaking Bad, right? Mike Ermintrout Ur- or whatever the, was that? The, oh, <laughs> the handler, the handler guy. Yeah, I. That Is sounds it? familiar now that you say it. Yeah, I, you I, know, I didn't even think about it because yeah. I was trying to place the voices. Yeah, and I like that guy in the first movie. In the first movie, he was the one who, like, you know, after Bob loses his job at the insurance company. Yeah, and he has to step in and basically like uh, Jonathan. Banks. Jonathan Banks is the yeah. actor who plays Mike Ermintrout. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and Saul's in this movie too, so I yeah. would not be surprised yeah. if those if he got Bob Odenkirk the job based on yeah. him being in this franchise and say, like, Oh, this guy would be great for you know, for whatever. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean like Bob Odenkirk, you do right off the bat. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. In the trailers, you're like, oh, there's as soon as he, yeah. Um, and and you're right. He's Rick Decker in Incredibles yeah. too. Is yeah. Is uh, is actually so good. Yeah. Good spotting Decker. there. Yep. I like him. Uh, but anyway, so so yeah. So Violet's you know dealing with that. Um, meanwhile, they're all staying at a motel because ever since they're they're kind of in hiding and their handlers got them staying up at this old. Yeah, it's sort of like a a weird witness protection where they have to shuffle them around and establish new identities. For Heroes them. are still legal, even yes. though you know they saved the day in the first one, but they still have all the laws out yeah. there that they're legal. But they're they're obviously now the whole family's together and they're all mm-hmm. breaking the law, doing the crime fighting together. Well, and we see you know from the fir- the last one where they ended it on that great beat of like everybody putting on including uh jack jack putting yeah. on his mask even though they don't know that he has powers yeah. because in the first movie all the powers are only the audience knows yeah but we never they never saw that because it was all up in the air with syndrome that's what kind of confused me during this one because having not seen it as many times i'm like yeah. we knew he had powers right and then i was like oh but they're just finding out yeah, yeah no idea yeah syndrome um, found yeah. found it out yeah yeah um, uh, I will and say he's not around to, to say anything. No, I will. I will say right now. I think Jack Jack is the MVP of this movie. Oh, I don't yeah. know what other character got as many reactions. Was as fun. Like, mm-hmm. th- you know, they end up giving Jack Jack as you know. We saw him with just a small amount of powers in the first one, mm-hmm. but in this one, you know, by the end of it, you've seen like five or six or a dozen different seventeen. <laughs> yeah, well, that's what they say. Where I'm like trying to count, I'm like seventeen. Right. He says that, but I'm yeah. like, we've seen at least five or six different powers, and he's- well, and they kind of imply too that like it's not uncommon for babies to manifest different powers 
until they kind of land on one or two, yeah. right? right. And that's how I. Re- that's what and, yeah. uh, it, it sounded like. That, yeah. yeah, this was not unusual. Kind of the same babies. way, like when a baby's eye, eye color can change, which yeah. I thought was interesting. That yeah. it's like, oh, just because he can fly now doesn't mean he'll be able to fly. When well, he's older. And, they, and they keep like throughout the movie, like new ones pop up, right? Which I, I kind of like because in the first movie that we see like four or five, yeah, and and then there's a short uh, actually that also has those in it, um, but this one. You know, I like that they keep like adding to the the, the mix along yeah. during the movie. There's a lot of people out there in hiding because it is illegal, but there there are a lot of people with powers out there, and so yeah, it does become fun as you see them all start playing together. Yeah, but uh, so they're they're in this you know witness protection like program, and we get another situation where when they're trying to bust what's what's the guy's name Underminer, yeah, who's Jats John Ratzenberger, mm-hmm. who's always in the Pixar movies. Yeah. They end up not really stopping him they do stop some destruction but it's still catastrophic yeah for, they do they do about uh, as much help as um superman yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> so except <laughs> they have repercussions yes right. <laughs> so they stop the drill but all meanwhile these buildings have all collapsed and and you know the bank is a little bit damaged and, mm-hmm. and uh underminer still gets away with money like so yeah. so they really don't accomplish anything and just like the first one which was so smart and so savvy with these these laws like you know how how, how they were talking about banning superheroes because of all the damage they do and the guy sues them because he didn't want to be saved right you know, they do another plan that here where where the two agents who <laughs> they end up apprehending them and they're interrogating him and they're like the bank was insured like yeah. w- everything was insured and and we would have caused less damage if you just let him get away yeah and so it's really funny and and meanwhile the incredibles you know mr incredible especially is just like this he just can't comprehend this like you know, I'm out here trying to protect people and save people, and you guys just want to let them go. Yeah. And, and so, uh, with all this pressure from the governments and everything, Decker informs them that he's going to be that they're going to be shut down. They have mm-hmm. two weeks left at the motel, uh, but their their whole protection agency for these heroes is, is over. And so, at this point, they have to figure out what to do because they don't have a house. It was destroyed in the first one. Uh, they don't have any money. They don't have jobs anymore. You know, I mean, yeah. he he lost his job in the first one, and so they're kind of out there trying to figure out what to do, and that's when these new characters come in, the um, Devers, the Devers. Okay, uh, so it was Bob Odenkirk, and then who was the sister, Catherine the, Keener? Yeah. Okay, I'm like, I knew I could recognize yeah. that voice, and I wasn't sure exactly who it was, but they basically, I kept thinking it was the the mom from Modern Family. Oh, uh, Julie, Julie Bowen. Bowen. Yeah. yeah. I could see that. But no, Keener, now that she's the one that was in Get Out. Yeah, she's the mom in Get that's Out. That's the voice, yeah. yeah. I'm like, I, I knew that voice. Okay. Um, I thought they were both really good uh, additions in this. But so when, so they end up uh, talking to Frozone. So he's out during this big fight with the Underminer. And they end up approaching Frozone. He gets away before the cops get the Incredibles. Uh, but but they're like you know how would you like to not be hunted by the law or whatever he says to him how would you know and so they pull up in this limo and he gets in and goes off so we don't know what happens to him until he talks to Mr. Incredible and he says hey I talked to these people uh, they said they can help us they can help us make superheroes legal again um, and so that's when we're introduced to to these new characters and so I guess the story behind them they're a telecommunications company of, of some sorts they mm-hmm. built this huge telecommunications empire um, in the back story is that his they're fu- at&t <laughs> yeah there you go uh or comcast or, yeah right yeah. i was gonna say 
But uh, the backstory, the reason why they want to help the Incredibles is their father was killed. Uh, and I, was the mother killed at the same time or no. later? Okay, no, I she, she died of heartbreak three months later. There you go. Okay. So their father was killed uh, during this time of superheroes. He was a huge proponent and he was uh, you know, giving money to superhero causes and he had a direct line to two of the superheroes at the time. And right after superheroes became illegal, their house is broken into and instead of going to their panic room you know, against the wishes of the mother. Did they have panic rooms back then i mean i there's a lot of things they have yeah. in this movie that they didn't have back i think then, they but, probably have they've had panic rooms i think panic rooms were something that they were leftover fallout that. shelters yeah <laughs> like i think that was fairly early on it, it, like in new york gotcha yeah um you, you know curious. i think they came back yeah. you know in the 90s but they were i think they've been around for a while oh, okay yeah. So so against the wishes of, of the wife who wanted them to go there, he says, no, I'll go call the superheroes up on the phones. But since they had just become illegal, they weren't answering the phones. And so he ends up getting shot by the two criminals. And so the 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 siblings, you know, were led to believe that the siblings want to do whatever they can to make supers legal again in the memory of the father. And that if they were legal, the, this would have never happened. The parents- but you do get the, the hint that uh, that. The sister is not quite on board with that version of events. Yeah, yeah. it's you can you can tell early on. Like my own daughter spoiled this movie for me, by the way. Really? Because I read one of the stories at her uh, her her school. Oh, uh, and she goes, "It's the sister." Oh, spoiler like, alert! No, don't well, say anything. But uh, she kept saying it was Bob's sister, and I was like, "But yeah." Did uh, she lean over, Dad? I think she's the best. Oh my god! Well, her, I was like, "You were doing all you got to do is read her name." Yeah, but it was her. Her name is is Evil Endeavor. Yeah, Evelyn <laughs> Deaver. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. That's funny. I didn't notice that. Yeah, that's really funny. But so, um, so yeah, you get the at first. I at first, what I thought was going to happen was that they were orchestrating together. Yeah. I thought that they were going to put all the I wheels was, yeah. in motion to get superheroes legalized, yeah. and so they would find out that really the people financing it were in on it. But it, you know, <clears throat> but they're doing it like like the best villains, the ones that mm-hmm. were doing it for the right reasons. But we've been pulling the strings and everything, right? Uh, but you know, again, spoilers because that's what we do. But the brother is ignorant; he really wants I supers like back. This aspect that it yes. wasn't that they were the two of them. It wasn't a plot, like yes. the, like because it also like the you know this this the this family they're not dumb. You know what I mean, and so it's right. like so they sh- they if they were both trying to fool them, I think they would see through it. Yeah, and and so it it stands to reason that they kind of fell for it initially because one of them was sincere in telling the truth. You yeah. know, I, I also like the fact that you know Bob Odenkirk tends to play kind of sleazy, untrustworthy people. Yeah, and it was also a nice casting yeah. head fake in that that. If you're getting this feeling of like I don't know if I should trust him, you shouldn't have trusted the scenario, but you can trust yeah. him. I I right. I like that. I yeah. yeah, and and that was the other thing too is that when I found out that Bob Odenkirk was in this movie, I'm just like, "Oh, well he's got to be the bad guy." Like right. he has exactly. to be more than just, "Oh, he came in not in the first one. He's a new character, but he's just going to like give them some money." Like, mm-hmm. no. There's yeah. so yeah, I love the head fake of it. I think it was really smart. That's um, something they did and I saw more like in a trailer that I didn't really see in this movie is that like um, was to sort of uh, monetize their the the, the camera footage. Oh, because uh, they talk about there was a scene that, uh, in one of the trailers where they're talking about like your approval ratings are up, and um, so I think as a you know telecom company, I think 
he did also have some interest in, uh, you know, sort of making, uh, you know, like a, a the yeah, a like live selling channel. a live stream to watch them, yeah, uh, and that that wasn't in this, which I thought was interesting because I think that is part of it, and I think they probably just took it out. It could have been for obviously for time too, yeah, yeah. but I also think I, I'm kind of glad that they didn't. No, because they made him that character like more, but, yeah, sure, absolutely, and, and and in the end, kind of likable. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. This character really, uh, I kept waiting for the reveal of like yeah. he he is a good person, but just has some bad like he he's a little misguided, mm-hmm. and really it doesn't come down to that. And he had no idea what his sister was up to the whole time, so. So, yeah. you know, we end up seeing that there's this, uh, they, well, I guess it jumps ahead a little bit, but the, the wife, you know, ends up getting a new job. So he talks her into going out and being the first to wear this body cam mm-hmm. to where people can see the crime fighting she's doing. Because right now all they see is a bunch of destruction mm-hmm. and then the Incredibles walk out. They don't see that they were fighting the villain or how hard they were. In the end, they only see the, the right. casualties and the collateral damage of it. And so uh, he says that, you know, Mr. Incredible is too he, <laughs> destructive. <laughs> the, He's, the insurance fallout is yeah. a little, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Problematic. And so so he ends up saying that Mrs. Incredible or Elastigirl is going to be the best the best one to pioneer this and the other supers will follow eventually. And this is where you know there's a little bit of tension or a little bit of resentment, mm-hmm. you know, and not just a little bit between Bob and and his wife because it's like he he's wanted nothing more than to get back out there. The whole movie mm-hmm. was about him going behind her back and fighting crime, mm-hmm. you know, and lying about where he is and everything. And so he's been the one that since the beginning was never okay with retiring and so now that there there's a chance to legalize it and and they can get back out there the fact that he is not the one chosen Mm -hmm. you know just builds for this really interesting uh you know character study i like the fact that like he wasn't happy about it but it was never actually a bone of contention it never rose to the level of fight or a a rift in the marriage or or sabotaging right like he you could tell he was like he'd rather be the guy yeah but he was still Genuinely he, he supportive Grin and Barrett Yeah There was never the You know the, the stereotypical thing They could do Is there would be The resentment And then the fallout And yeah. it looks like They're gonna get a divorce Yeah And then in the end They save the day Work together And they're back together yeah. Right you know, And they like, never they do Never yeah. do it like that But but what you do get Is you know Now Bob's at home With the kids mm-hmm. And you know and, I, and there's a lot Of funny gags But he's dealing With the daughter And her boyfriend issues You know He's dealing With this little baby That you know Not only no, has man. These crazy powers <laughs> But you know Just the Staying up with a baby and now dealing with that and then also like new math mm, like yeah. you know they make one of the villains yeah. to him is math and it's always changing which is so funny you know they dealt with it back then with new math and then now math is different too so like with my yeah. son who's eight trying to do his math work they've changed it once again and i can yeah. totally relate because yeah. it's like i know exactly how to get to that answer and i could do it within seconds but they don't want you to do it that way yeah and so I, I I feel his pain there. That was definitely relatable. Um, so I really like that. But meanwhile, his wife is out there. So they send her out to. Is it supposed to be New York or some different town? I I couldn't catch the no, name of the it's town. Not New York. Uh, yeah, it's just the it's, big some yeah. big city, and yeah. I don't think it was a real metropolis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. there you go. Um, but so she goes out, and you know, as the first one with this body cam footage, uh, her first job is to track this this villain that's um what is the screen slaver screen slaver so yeah i thought that was a pretty clever name yeah well, and she's listening to uh she's basically doing everything that her husband did yeah, in the first the radio movie scanner that she was so yeah. adamantly opposed to yeah um, but it's also odd that like there again i know it's kind of this mixture of times and eras mm-hmm. and technology but it's like 
they didn't have screensavers back then. So right. the fact that the name is a play on screensaver is right. Not, but that wouldn't be a thing. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. I can but, say that. I never. Uh, it was a clever name, but yeah. for the era, you're right. I didn't yeah. even think about that. Um, but yeah. So yeah, I, I liked that. And I thought it was a really good commentary. Like this villain, the whole thing about them is that people are you know glued to their devices and screens everywhere and this was a different time even though this was set back in this older era they they basically pin it on television but you know it's so true for today and so i thought that was a really good commentary to work in the state of affairs today Mm -hmm. but with the old timey uh flair and so her first job is to chase down this uh, well i don't see i don't think this is set in old timey I think it is. No, I think I think it's set in and I think uh, there I read that there was something that's, that established in the first one that it was like the mid 60s. Really? There's like a there's not, like a screenshot. It's I've not never, it you know. I've I thought the same thing and that. I I didn't study it. I think it was like, just the uh, the art direction and pulling from different uh and they're also styles, but I never at no point have I ever. We also only this. see them watching television shows from that era, mm-hmm. right? They're watching their television quest. They're watching yeah. Outer Limits. But he's saying it's a different universe but I think that's, where that like I, that would I be think modern. that's just an aesthetic choice. I don't I've never actually considered it to be a uh, period piece. No. Hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. No. Um, but so there's this, uh, what is it? A monorail? It's some, some sort of, you know, it's a yeah. high speed monorail it's that's, that's, yeah, that's opening in the city. And so at the grand opening, they cut the ribbon. There's a, in the first one, there's a screenshot of him reading the newspaper and it reads May 16th, 1962. Really? But you have to like, I mean, okay. it, it's not crazy that you didn't see that. It's like. It's I've never even it's yeah. never even been like a consideration of mine. Right. But at least you know that that was the intention of the filmmakers. Yeah. I always just because of the aesthetic, I thought, well, it ha- it's got to be old time, even though they don't put a number on it up front. It just seemed like everything television, cars, like it just yeah. Um, but anyway, so the so she has to stop this runaway uh, Amtrak, whatever this you know thing monorail in the sky is, and it starts moving backwards as soon as the ribbon ribbon cutting happens, and so they don't know why this thing is out of control, but she she gets a brand new elasto bike which is a souped up uh you know electric vehicle with a lot of torque and so she races off she's going you know through wrong way traffic and she's extending her body to like jump over cars and mm-hmm. it's a really cool scene i will say like the action set pieces are so complex and yeah. they're filmed like like they're real you know real life you know and, and not animated it's so, like it has the feel of a live action car chase type of of scene um, it's just it's just so amazing what they are able to do with animation now, yeah. and it's very cinematic, um, you know. And that's the whole point. Brad Bird has always been a proponent as animated films as films. Mm-hmm. Just because it's animated doesn't make it less of a film. And so he really pushes, I think, the boundaries of of action animation here and and it's really you're really into it you know and so she's she's going through all the traffic and everything she eventually gets on top of the train and when she breaks in the guy the conductor has been hypnotized so this is the first time that we've seen someone under the control of of this screen slaver character um and so she's able to save the day just barely um but you know the city 
thanks her. Everyone, you know, is starting to, uh, this is the beginning of people starting to accept superheroes. They're getting all the footage on camera. Uh, she did it without destroying lots of stuff. Right. Yes. <laughs> right. And so, uh, yeah. And so, you know, meanwhile, she's getting all this praise and she calls home and, and, uh, Bob's been dealing with all this crazy stuff. And, and at first she's really worried. Like as soon as he says, Oh, Oh, Jack, Jack, you know, and nothing else. And she's like, Oh my God, what happened? I shouldn't have ever done this. Do I need to come home? Mm-hmm. And he's in though. And it's, it clicks in his head. Like, I can't tell her anything that's been going on. Even though it hasn't been catastrophic, but still, like the- he doesn't want, you know, he doesn't want to rain on her parade. He doesn't want to bother her with this kind of more mundane activity, yeah. you know. And he also doesn't want to be a failure, as right? A he, it's like yeah. he has this is what he's going to do. He he is is his job to be incredible in any situation. Yeah. And so, and so at this, at this exact time, so now Violet is invisible, but you see a pint of ice cream walking out of the freezer because <laughs> she's upset over the boyfriend not remembering her. Um, you see the kid, uh, Dash is asleep over at the table with the new math book. Like he just couldn't help him at all. And so the kid was still t- t- at night dealing with math. And then Jack Jack is out fighting with a raccoon out in the backyard, which was hilarious. Oh, this was such yeah. a good scene of him just, we, we, we first see Jack Jack's powers in this movie because he's sees a raccoon outside and he phases through the window um he shoots laser beams at the thing um he turn does he turn into the demon too at the end oh, catches he, on fire yeah, he has and starts a whole throwing range lawn chairs yeah, at the he raccoon. turns into fire yeah. and starts charging at the raccoon yeah I, I think it was a really clever way to introduce his powers through this little fight with the raccoon because you can't have him doing this with humans right because i mean and the other thing you realize is like Jack Jack could kill any of these people in right. an instant, right? And so the stakes would be too crazy if it were to be with the humans. Uh, and the animal doesn't end up getting hurt, so that's good. Like right. you couldn't have him kill the animal, but you get this comedic. It's, it's easier to see the humor in it yeah. when this, even though you know they're not going to kill the animal either, the stakes are lower. Yeah, exactly. And so I really like yeah. it. It was it was a really fun interaction. And again, I think Jack Jack steals this movie. They did such a great job with him. Um, but so Bob sees this all going on outside, and then at first he's like, you know, oh my god, what are you doing out here? But then he inst like in a second he gets so excited yeah. that his son has powers like mm-hmm. they didn't think jack jack did and so you know where a normal father might be worried mr incredible is like you have powers yeah. Oh yeah. my, my boy yeah so it's it's uh definitely a very funny scene um and again jack jack is so awesomely handled in this um but it gets to the point where he's not getting any sleep and and it's like he's he's dealing with all this stuff and it's just too much for him uh so he ends up taking jack jack to edna it's mode like, is this gonna end up like tully yeah there someone the housekeeper was all made up uh but uh he you know we don't see a lot of edna mode i was surprised how you know it's just really yeah i I thought we'd get a little bit more of her than we did too this scene and the next so they find out that when the dever uh the devers uh end up having like they want all the Incredibles to have this retro look because that's how they saw them when they yeah. grew up and they end up having like a high end fashion designer make the costumes which you know Edna's not going to be happy about right and uh, so you know the first thing she says of course when Bob comes <laughs> yeah. uh, you know to, to her drive up in the camera she's looking you know she lets him in and she just says the name of the guy I can't remember the designer but she's like you know whatever you know I don't, don't even know the name but yeah. you know, whatever Yo, Calvin Klein whatever with yeah, it, it's it's funny. And, of course, that's Brad Bird returning to do the voice of Edna Mode. So at first, when Bob asks her to babysit, she's like, I'm not a babysitter. I'm a fashion designer. And then she starts seeing Jack-Jack's powers, which she is fascinated by. And she's like, oh, yes, of yeah. course, I'll watch him. Get <laughs> out of here. Well, Jack-Jack uh, mimics her, too. I mean, yeah. all of a yeah. sudden, like, he has her face. 
yeah, that's another, another, another new power. Yeah. yeah. And she's like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> he can impersonate people yeah. along, you know, with what we saw earlier. Yeah. And so she's fascinated. And it was another funny scene because she's like, all right, thanks. I always enjoy our visits. Goodbye. And just shuts him <laughs> out the door <laughs> where you're just like, what is she going to do? Like, mm-hmm. not that it would be anything malicious, but like, you know that she's going to like try to harness the power or work on his powers or whatever. And so she gets him out of the door and he comes home and, uh, and, I think what is it? Is it Dash or Violet who is just like, where's Jack? Jack and is Violet because he that's where he starts to have a. It's his first moment of silence, and he has, tries to have a heart to heart with her. Ah. It was it was a nice moment because you know she kind of comes around and, and realizes you know it was a a little bit of a, a overstep on the uh, memory wipe. Yeah, 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 and so and so he's just like, yeah, she's over at or he's over at Aunt Edna's, yeah. and she's like, you left Jack Jack with Aunt Edna or with Edna, and he's just like, yeah, yeah. okay, <laughs> yeah. So, um, anyway, so so when he returns, uh, it goes back and forth a bit, but when he returns, we end up seeing what Edna did for Jack Jack. So she gave him a red suit that looks in line with the incredible so outfits but it's able to protect him and it's also monitored by this remote control so it's this little device it almost looks like you're piloting a drone but it has mm-hmm. a screen in the middle of it and so it senses everything he's about to do and so uh when he when he turns into the demon it has this uh, <laughs> lavender scented you know foam mm-hmm. whatever that puts out the fire um and so it, it just basically gives him it doesn't it doesn't always stop what Jack Jack's doing, but it lets him at least know how to prepare. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, sh- he at first was talking about how he tried cookies with the demon baby. And then mm-hmm. she's like, well, you can't use cookies because that always results in the demon baby. So mm-hmm. she gives him this whole formula, gives him the controller and kind of sends him on his way. Um, but we're going to see how this controller comes into play later on. But, um, but that's all you see of Edna, yeah. which I mean, I was, you know, she's such a fun character and, uh, you know, I feel like I was expecting her to come back around at least in the end. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think, I think it's Brad Bird does a good job. I'm glad that he came back to voice her. And, well, and, I like that. So the, the two times we see Edna mode in, in both of the movies, Edna mode does not leave that house. That's true. You know? That's true. It's like, yeah. it's, everything happens within there. You know, cause we see Edna twice in the first movie because Bob goes there and then, uh, uh Helen goes there. Yeah. Uh, so it's always at that house. Yeah. Which is kind of, well, you know, that's kind of a fun way to sort of keep it contained. Yeah. And she, yeah, and she's not a superhero, so. Right. Yeah, she's going to want to stay where it's safe. Yeah. yeah. And she obviously has endless funds and security and, mm-hmm. you know, it's like yeah. she's safe in her house and no one needs to know, you know, mm-hmm. what's what's going on there. So meanwhile, um, Elastigirl's out there and she's getting more and more good press. Um, they, uh, the Devers have a, like a soiree where they've invited other superheroes. So mm-hmm. all these supers have started to come out of hiding and so we're introduced to a lot of new characters, a lot of fun designs and, uh, you know, just a lot, a lot of, of new toys. Yeah. Did you guys get the... <laughs> um, sort of acceptance undertones here i, I was Definitely. like yeah. i was like there's every single so, type of yeah i mean there, there, you know yeah. you know and i was like especially like trans and yeah. you know was, was there a, from the vibe one i definitely well, got that yeah and uh, and and notice. brick yeah i'm like that's a woman Right, I didn't even notice. I mean, yeah, I, yeah, I think they that played was a up the. You know, it yeah, was cool. Um, they showed it was very diverse. I mean, it, there was it, it every, was about acceptance, and yeah. like what they're saying is like I didn't feel like I could come out, and it was like mm-hmm. whoa. Oh yeah, yeah. I, it's funny. I didn't even. Yeah. I didn't even. They were all in hiding yeah. until yes. Last Girl made it mainstream out to yeah. be a superhero, and now they all started coming out. And yeah. I'm like, man, it's cool. In, in this one movie, Brad Bird's able to like get that. You yeah. know, in a way that isn't like, but where like someone could miss it. Yeah, it's it's so subtle. 
and but it's it's uh, not yeah. a bad way but they double speak i mean it's they're saying two different things oh yeah i mean it's a metaphor it's a great Absolutely. metaphor and uh you know a lot of people will miss it but for the people that are looking for that yeah. it's something that they can well own, yeah and, own. and like a void void yeah. i was like well i mean they didn't even really kind of just from a, 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 a yeah a look and feel you can i, I mean like, as soon as you saw her it, like, oh, it just it was like yeah, okay yeah, yeah we're yeah. doing that Which I, I thought was awesome because That's it's cool. like if you if you see it great and yeah. if you don't it's like it's great yeah, it, I it's, mean, it's fun because we know it's like yay more powers but yeah and it's it's <laughs> like it's 2018 you know this is the world we're living in mm-hmm. and uh, honestly how much hate would they get in this day and age you know compared to 14 years ago right. if all the new superheroes were just white men yes yeah. it just you can't do it anymore. It's yeah just, so it's cool and and i like i said i think it's i think it was a neat move and and very subtle and well handled but so they meet all these different superheroes and then there's also like a, an ambassador or mm-hmm. some kind of a un council member here uh that that is likes an elastic girl and and a fan of her work um and so whenever she leaves this meeting she leaves on like helicopters but uh screen slaver is there to you know what it looks like is trying to take her out and so we don't really know what the agenda is yet of screen slaver but they seem to be against you know you're not sure if they're doing it because they're against television and against people right. being zombies um or if they're against superheroes but obviously they're trying to lure an elastic girl to her demise for whatever reason and so they end up hijacking the the helicopter and so there's three helicopters and so last girl has to go in another really good action scene but she slingshots herself up and is able to to get to the helicopters and she's jumping she jumps through the window of one and they say where is the the senator or the ambassador and uh, ends up going over to the next one and there's helicopters crashing into each other um I like that when she crashes through the window of the second helicopter yeah. where the person is she tries to save that like the security guard or the you know the secret service agent like aims a gun at her like because those are little subtle touches where in the real world you know that it that right the, every all these politicians travel with protection right and but in cartoons or in animated mm. things you think they're not going to really even show that character like why add another person to animate right. or whatever but i like that she had a secret service agent that would be trying to protect her right they don't know what's going on right and then she says no this is the last girl stand down she's mm-hmm. trying to save us and and everything so she ends up uh you know land she gets the helicopter real low and everybody that can swim she gets out of the the helicopter uh but i think the main ambassador whoever she is it's she, an ambassador oh yeah she it yeah, is she asks, she goes can you swim and everybody, you know, everybody who yeah, says yes, yeah. she just basically kicks pushes off. out. Yeah, of, that was funny. Kicks out at low height, but yeah, yes. into the river. And then, but the ambassador says no, and so she knows that she's got to take care of her. So she's meanwhile she's trying to save the helicopter, mm-hmm. but she also has to worry about this ambassador rolling around in the helicopter. Um, so at the last minute, right before the thing explodes, she's able to get her to safety. Um, so she nearly escapes, but once again has another, this is another, uh, plus for superheroes. So they got all this footage on camera. So just like the Devers intentions, you know, this is, it's working, working, right? And so they, they actually saved someone high up that, you know, and so not only do you have the support of this person, but you saved their life. Like that's pretty, yeah, Yeah, they have an advocate uh, uh, to your point, a very high up powerful advocate. So it, 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 um, and we get to see like Bob, you know, he's constantly like, catching this because the the news coverage is there's a lot of elastigirl in the news yeah. so he's flipping through and, and like you said it's handled really well like this character can't help but to feel jealous because he wants to be out there right. but it, it's not in a 
it's not in a bad way. It's just human nature. It's mm-hmm. like, you know, she's out there getting all the accolades and yeah. he was used to everyone yeah. singing the Mr. Incredible theme song. Uh-huh. Like, you know, when, when he meets the Devers, <laughs> yeah. another great scene with Bob Odenkirk. He's singing all the superheroes theme songs. That's another, that was another hint because I mean, think about uh syndrome. He was mm-hmm. a super fan as a yeah. kid in the first one yeah. and ends up being bad. So I think there's a little bit of a reflection there, you know, mm-hmm. the parallel between here. Now you've got another superhero fan. Like, is this too good to be true right. or is he going to be scorned or something in the end? But, uh, you know, I'd come to find out he was not. Um, but, uh, when they get back to the Devers place, uh, the last girl talks to the sister. And mm-hmm. so she's like, we've got to find a way to track down, um, screen slaver. He somehow was able to, to track us. He's, he's yeah. advanced in technology. We need to find his signal somehow. And so she, she ends up, the sister ends up saying by 5am tomorrow, I can have this device ready, this tracking device. And so the next day they, supposedly Elastigirl is somewhere else. So screen slaver you'd think does not know, but uh, she is tracking the signal whenever screen slaver hijacks all the televisions. And so she gets closer and closer and closer. And finally we see an old apartment. This looks like a straight ass seven in this scene. This is just yeah, like, was, this is like the, which yeah. I think was a cool homage, but right. it's just like when, uh, you know, Brad Pitt and Morgan Freeman are going after the bad guy in seven. Um, you know, so she traces it to this apartment and the apartment has all this hypnotic hypnosis stuff so as we know that this person can hypnotize people so you see all these really cool devices it's obviously a bunch of junk and tech stuff scattered all over the place but at first here this is where i thought we were going to get some kind of reveal like i thought we were going to see one of the devers or one you know we're going to see some kind of clue but really all this is is just a trap for elastigirl and uh, she ends up going inside of this cage and and uh, screen slaver who we think is screen slaver locks the door and, and they have a pretty good fight um, and so in the end, uh, she's able to stop him. I can't remember what exactly happens, how she takes him out. Uh, I'm trying to remember. Like um, the screen slaver is, is, is shocking her and she is really damaged. She's running, uh, screen slaver ends up running out of the apartment and it's a really good chase scene. Uh, they pull the fire alarm and so people are starting to come out of their rooms and, and Elastigirl is running and knocking into people. But eventually in the end outside, how does, uh, Elastigirl take Oh, she just she just like slingshots her, you know, and, and plows into him. Okay, and catches him. Gotcha. Okay, so she's able to tackle him, and yeah. she takes off the mask, and it's no one that you know. So I think this, some this kid. yeah, this is the first time it's where a pizza I'm like, delivery guy. Yeah, right? we yeah. end up finding that out, but it, I was like, and he oh. also seems to be like you know, kind of confused. You know, yeah. he's not like twirling. You his can mustache. tell. Well, he he's goes, like, "What happened? I I don't right. know what you know. I don't know what you're talking about." But this is, I think, this is really cool the way they did the reveal or will do it in the end is because you're thinking, "Oh God, it's it's the brother and the sister. They're right. in on it. Whoever they pull the mask off of is going to be dun dun dun." Uh-huh. Yeah, Scooby Doo. And, and it's right. this, and it's this kid that you've never seen before, and he is very out of it, like Dan yeah. said. And so I really like that because at this point you're like, "Oh, something else is up." Because I knew it was going to be one of the brother or sister, but when they did that. That, I'm like, well, how could it be? Because they they're really smart with the way they show you. They show you the mm-hmm. brother and sister watching footage of Screen Slaver, right? So if it's one of them, right. how how could it right. be them if they're watching it, right? Mm-hmm. So they, do a they re- run a telecommunications company, ah, <laughs> right. exactly. So they've got the they've got the tech. Uh, at least one of them does. And so anyway, uh, this this kid is captured, uh, and everyone celebrates. They say, "Look what superheroes did!" So not only do they have Elastigirl, you know, stopping the the monorail, um, saving the ambassador's life, but now taking out the threat. You know, yeah. so, supposedly. And so they get to the point where people are going to now sign mm-hmm. the new laws that, that legalize supers. I'm like, boy, they changed public opinion 
fast. Right? Yeah. <laughs> it was definitely very expedited. Uh, but uh, yeah, so so they're they're on the track now where everything's good. They're being celebrated. Um, but Helen... It, it doesn't sit right with her. Yeah, no. she starts to question it. She, she, she says something just doesn't feel right about this. She should be happy, but she, she just feels that more is going on. So at, at the celebration, again, at the Devers, she goes into like this editing bay where they have the footage you know um she starts scrolling through it all doing the enhanced type stuff you know she's going back and forth through the footage and zooming in um and she sees whenever she was face to face with screenslaver in the background there's a television in the layer and it is the footage straight from her body cam right so somehow screenslaver is able to tap into hers which she said is a closed loop she talks to the sister and says how could screenslaver possibly have access and the sister tries to do a good job of just playing it off like oh well we must have gotten hacked he must be very advanced right and so this is where she uh, she kind of uncovers it i i I think that this is where the sister turns on her right yeah the sister owns up and she ends up slapping the goggles on her yeah so she yeah she figures it out that there's no way this could have happened and so the sister yeah puts these mind control goggles which oh she sees the mask so the yeah, sister yeah. gives her the mat or the brother actually gives her the mask yeah. at the party is like this is as a token of appreciation a souvenir and so she takes the mask and is like this kid didn't know what was going on he was a pizza delivery boy unless he was being controlled and pulls out yeah mind control goggles and then that's when the sister is like well you figured it out and slaps him on her so now yeah. we know we have elastigirl under her control um so at this point uh she we get the we get the conversation between the two of them um the last girl's tied up and she puts her in this like sub freezing temperature which was another cool like bond villain-esque type yeah. thing like they've got the hero but she's like well I'll just stretch myself out of this and she's like no it's it's freezing temperatures if you do that you'll probably just break you'll be fra- you know frail yeah, and you'll break. be brittle yeah um, but see, so she starts explaining what happened and and as we got the little hints of in the past the sister did not agree with the decision of the father you know to try to call the super she always blamed supers for the death of the parents and if if they would have just been illegal and the dad would have gone to the safe room their family would have been all together and so she has orchestrated this character to to you know without the brother knowing uh she has she has created this screen slaver and has been controlling these people to try to eliminate supers once and for all and so her master plan is to get control of all the superheroes and then have them end up turning on the public uh, as a whole um and so she she ends up putting the goggles on elastigirl and controlling her and then she calls bob up and she says hey you know it's we're this at this point they're on the big ship because they're supposed to do the proclamation signing Mm -hmm. uh to make supers legal at sea on their huge yacht and so uh, or like it's a huge cruise ship looking thing to hydrofoil there you go. Yes. Yeah. Is that a real thing? Yep. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I couldn't. Okay. Because I'm like, wow, they're like underwater and they're going really f- pulled from um, uh, Brad Bird, uh, pulling from Johnny Quest again. Oh, I didn't see. I didn't realize. I know Johnny Quest, but I've only yeah. seen a handful of episodes yeah, here. Yeah, that was a big thing. Uh, oh, I like it. Okay. Uh, so this whole signing is going to go on at sea. So uh, it ends up that the sister calls up Bob and says, hey, you know, they, they've got your wife. Just just come quickly to the boat. Doesn't explain much, but he's like, all right, I'll be there in a minute. Um, and so he ends up getting his, his suit on and he's leaving the house and, and he tells Violet, like, just to stay here. Uh, I, he called up, uh, Frozone. Lucius. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and he calls him up and says, Hey, some, you know, she's in trouble. Come over here and help protect the kids. So he leaves for the boat. Uh, 
ends up they get a knock on the door and it's all the superheroes we were introduced to earlier but they all have the mind control mm-hmm. goggles on um and so the kids at first are like this is weird like we're we're okay like <laughs> our friend is going to come over and watch us and they're just like you know let us in and he shows up frozone shows up and and realizes something's up and blasts them all really good fight scene here yeah. um i like that we get to see all those different cool powers like the void you know mm-hmm. i really like that uh the teleportation like stuff. a little portal, portal that you keep slopping yeah. Yeah. sliding through and landing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, like each hand has a portal. It's really cool. So like when, when they try to escape, they keep running back into the house. Like they're running yeah. out of the house, back into it, uh, which comes to play later in a really cool part. But uh, th- there's been this running gag where Bob sees on television that some rich guy had bought his Incredimobile. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, uh, you know, he's like, they told me this thing was gone or, or destroyed. destroyed. Yeah. And so this guy had bought it and he goes upstairs to get a controller and he was going to remote control, get the car back to the house. And then he decides that he doesn't want to steal it. Like he wants to be a good guy and doesn't mm-hmm. want to do that to this guy. Um, and Dash sees the controller and what it can do though. And is really excited about it. So in this scene, Dash runs and gets that and he calls for the Incredimobile to come you know help them escape and so they get into the vehicle lucius tells them to uh match the voice print so they can control the vehicle uh and before he can get in it though he has the goggles slapped on him and instantly starts attacking the car so they make their escape uh, the three kids uh, dash violet and jack jack they make the escape uh and i thought it was kind of cool how they didn't have to i mean it was almost like a, a kit from knight rider type thing where yeah. it's like they didn't have to drive the car or anything they didn't even have to tell it like like instructions they just say escape or you know get away and give character and i also think that's pixar's way of uh making sure kids don't try to drive cars Uh, right interesting (laughs) yeah that and also you know they were able you can also look at the story and it's like if they escaped on their own you know you're gonna be like well really yeah they're so two very very inexperienced and 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 a baby yeah so yeah, it was their way of just sort of like, okay, well, we gotta get them away. Oh, yeah, and I like it the because car. again, the car had character. It was a, yeah. it wasn't as much a character no, as like kid. It, it, it didn't talk to them, but like it just it did its own its movement. Yeah. The way they had it escape, yeah. it just it was a character of its own, and mm-hmm. obviously it was Mister Incredible's awesome car. So like it had the capability to yeah. do these, and things. it was a great plot device to 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 get the kids to yeah. where the rest yeah, of the how are they yeah exactly right. yeah. so so this car has all these abilities and it, it ends up when they escape and finally get to the water uh, they know they're trying to get to the boat to save their parents and they and dash this up like oh I, oh, wish, I wish this yeah. I wish this could follow the boat and then the car there's a knob like down <laughs> by the dashboard and it turns to boat or mm-hmm. water mm-hmm. and so it starts you know going to them um, and so yeah all three of them uh in the earlier scene before they were attacked at the house, they all get their costumes and Violet at this point is disavowed superheroes. And so, uh, you know, Dash's like, I thought you gave that up. And she's like, well, mom needs our help. Dad was leaving in his outfit. And so they get all their costumes back together and bring the moms in case she needs it later. Um, so they end up getting on the ship. Uh, what does the car end up doing? Ejector seats. Ejector That's the other seats. one. <laughs> he says, I wish this car had ejector seats to get us on there. And Violet's like, what'd you say? And then the knob turns again to ejectors and they're all launched up onto the ship. Uh, and then I really liked it. This is really like a kind of a, it, these movies really, this one in particular reminds me of spies and bond yeah. stuff. And they have this really cool, like stealthy infiltration of the mm-hmm. ship where they're trying to sneak around the superheroes. Um, the bad superheroes are being controlled. Um, but Violet basically tells Dash to stay in one of these rooms with Jack-Jack while she leaves and she turns invisible, um, but she ends up knocking over a potted plant and I think it's not void. void. I I always want to say vibe, but 
Void, who ends up seeing like the dirty footprints walking away. So she ends up going to take care of Violet. Um, meanwhile, Jack Jack decides to phase through a wall. So Dash has no way to keep up yeah. with him or knows where he is going. Um, and so he phases through a wall. Jack Jack runs after him. Um, they end up meeting back up all three of the kids or well, the two kids. Violet's like, mm-hmm. where's Jack Jack? And Dash's like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so they end up getting the controller out of this backpack. I also like that they had a baby bag with them. Yeah. Because did you notice that they stopped to change Jack Jack's diapers yes. in one of the scenes? I didn't. Yeah. I, I love that. <laughs> yeah. Touch it was because super I'll, quick. And you just see that like Jack Jack's laying on his back and there's like a diaper folded out. And oh, like, I didn't catch that. That's awesome. That's yeah. something that, you know, if you didn't have such smart writers and like, brad bird wrote this script um people wouldn't include that little touch but it's such a nice touch because it doesn't matter if he's a superhero he's a baby right he has a diaper we see a scene that's funny earlier when when the father bob is left at home with jack jack for the first time he's holding up the baby looking at him and his diaper gets heavier yeah Yeah. like again another little subtle touch but someone might ask and again it wouldn't ruin Mm -hmm. the movie but like when do they ever i mean this is a baby does he go to the bathroom yeah they put it in there they put it in there i love it just a i mean it's like a two second little flash of them you know cuts to them they he's the diapers open on the ground mm-hmm. and they go to a next scene but anyway so they're bringing this diaper bag along. And they probably he, sold a sponsorship to huggies for like 15 million dollars yeah <laughs> there yeah. you go so uh they get out the controller and they see you see this baby floating vertically and so like oh he's on an elevator but mm-hmm. i thought it was funny before they said elevator i thought he was just like flying yeah, around. floating around <laughs> the, him going the straight up on the controller so really funny imagery um i i would not be surprised if there's some sort of jack jack spinoff like yeah. he is uh, the character is amazing. In this There's movie. already uh, uh, a like a Jack Jack doll and and a smaller raccoon doll. Oh my gosh! <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Do they fight? Um, I don't you know. Can ma- with yeah, your imagination, yeah. action figures, action figures, take bets. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, they they end up running off of him, and meanwhile, they're having to battle all these superheroes. Um, and then you'll have to cut to Bob. So Bob ends up getting under the control of the yeah. sister in Screen Slaver 2. He shows up and is like, where is she? And and him and, is it Helen? Is <laughs> yeah, Helen? Okay. Helen. Bob and Helen start fighting. So like he sees that it's Helen and all of a sudden you see like a hand come out of the other side of the screen and hit him yeah. and they start fighting and, and he's like, hey, hey, it's me. What are you doing? And then um, I don't know if she Screen Slaver um, controls her or if she did it, but I've, you know, because she was reaching in her uh, like her robe or whatever the sister yeah. and I wasn't yeah. sure if there was a controller or if it was just getting the glasses ready it was the glasses but, somehow, but they make it look like she was gonna you know it, it looks very ominous the, the shot yeah. I was like oh she what's she gonna do yeah <laughs> but it ends up that uh, Helen is able to kiss him and get him kind of under control for a second and the sister ends up handing Elastigirl the glasses mm-hmm. and she slaps him on Bob so now you have these two you have three of them, all three of the main adult yeah. superheroes, you know, Frozone in the past scene, mm-hmm. Helen and now Bob are under their control. And so they're getting ready to do the signing and uh, the brother, Bob Odenkirk, says, where are where are they? Like, they're getting ready to do this. And and uh, the sister ends up saying, oh, I didn't want the superheroes didn't want, you know, to outstage the newer ones. And mm-hmm. so they'll be there when it's time. Um, and so they eventually come out and they've got all the glasses. All the superheroes have the mind control glasses um, and they're getting ready to do this proclamation signing. And all this is going down and, and it ends up turning into this one huge action set piece. Um, but before that, I think is when they televise it right there, they they're televising the signing and then they cut to the superheroes after it's been signed. And, and they say, we are, no longer going to be protecting you right. we're, we're going to protect ourselves like thank you for making this legal yeah um you know which obviously we're the superior beings yeah and this is obviously a very 
cartoonish i mean very mm-hmm. bond villain-esque yeah. cartoonish plot like if this were to happen i'm sure you know it just seemed very but but it fit with the tone yeah. of the movie uh and then they cut back to this newscaster who is just like this really goofy you know always has this goofy grin on his face but he's like oh uh sorry about the technical difficulties we'll get back to you um and then yeah it's just this huge uh, this this is a huge action set piece this is like a 20 minute long mm-hmm. you know basically action set piece of of all the kids trying to yeah. fight and get get their parents out of control they end up breaking the glasses on the mother first i think and yeah, like, jack jack basically pulled them with you know like oh yeah because so jack jack goes up to his mom and is like mom he hasn't yeah, seen her she's been gone upset. yeah yeah all this time and he sees her and she's looking at him you know like what is this and and he gets angry and gets the glasses off of her yeah. and then at first she's mad she's like what are you kids doing here and then she's like oh you came to save us and mm-hmm. you know like at first they wanted to keep the kids completely out of things and and that's how she is an initial reaction <laughs> But then she's obviously more accepting, and she's like, "Oh, this is awesome. We're a team." And and so they one by one they all start they pull the glasses off Bob, and yeah. then they get them off Frozone. Yeah, I like how all, they chipped away. Yeah, at, at yeah, getting glasses off people, and then they, they would help. Yeah, we just kind of had this snowball effect. Yeah, like as exponential. They, as yeah, they, yeah. yeah. So you got to see a lot of really cool powers and a, a lot of individual fights between the different characters, uh, and so they're able to get every single one of the new supers away from the glasses, except for the guy that can crunch the metal. And the, so the crusher. Yeah. And so I think it's, I don't know if it's dash. Someone realizes that he's not there at, at, at yeah. freed at the signing. And so Bob is trying to go to the engine room to stop it. Uh, the sister has now set the, the the yacht. What's the thing called? The, the hydrofoil, the yeah. hydrofoil uh, is on a collision course with the city. And so they can't get to the control room. Uh, the crusher has crushed all the pipes and everything around. And they have a really funny moment where I think Bob's able to get the glasses off him. Right. But then he asks him like, have you ever uncrushed yeah, anything? He's like, what? why would I uncrush? Yeah, and, and then I think he's like, when you punch someone, have you ever unpunched yeah. someone? It's a really good. Why line. would I do that? Yeah. Um, and so, you know, it's, it's, it's again, it yeah. may be a little, silly but it's a reason why they can't stop the boat so they have to come up with this elaborate scheme to to where uh frozone is going to shoot the water on the right side of the ship and, and try to steer it but then uh bob has to go underwater and turn the rudder because they can't get to the control room and so they end up uh incredible takes the anchor off of the chain mm-hmm. straps the anchor around him and now he's on this race against time he tells dash lower me down and as soon as the boat is clear of the city pull me back up so now we've got all this stuff going on at once where um the sister has escaped in a jet the 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 hydrofoil has like a a jet that's in the top of it really cool design that it's like not an escape pod it's a whole escape jet uh and so she is trying to escape she takes the brother with her who has been hypnotized as well um because there's a big tv in front of the uh all the people there uh she says come with me uh she's escaping on the ship mr incredible's underwater um and so uh elastigirl ends up going after the sister and it's another really good scene and this is where she gets the help of Void, Void, Void. Who? <laughs> you have a mental block on that. I do. Name. Well, it's because there's Vibe, who yeah. has almost DC yeah. character Vibe has almost the exact same powers. Ah. Like it's it's a clear. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, um, so so Vibe was always very in her interactions before she was hypnotized, looked up to Elastigirl, mm-hmm. and obviously was a big fan. And so it was neat that she was able to work together with someone she looked up to. Yeah. And so she ends up Elastigirl does her stretchy thing where she slingshots her again, but she the jet is already so far that there's no way she would be able to get in there. And so she asks uh, Vibe. Boy. <laughs> <laughs> I just 
it's like once you're programmed it's yeah like, so, so uh, she asked void to to get her into the ship and so it was a really cool scene because she has to try it three or four different times yeah. and and it's great so last girl like just misses the jet and then she goes through the void and back on top of it and then mm-hmm. falls and rolls off of it and eventually like on the fourth time she's able to get her just far enough to where it's inside of the jet mm-hmm. and then closes off the void and, and gets her inside um, but but the sister has other plans. Uh, she ends up taking the jet straight up, so there obviously is a lack of oxygen. And so last girl fights her way through, you know, the cabin and everything. She's rolling around and, and hitting the sides of it and everything. She makes it into the cockpit, uh, but th- she's already gone up so high that she starts to get woozy. I don't know what the exact term is that she used, but she's oxygen deprived. Yeah, she's right. getting silly, and so nitrogen uh, narcosis. Okay, and then uh, nice, well done. Yeah, very nice. Scuba diving. Yeah. Ah, there you go. Uh, and well, so, and that's it's funny because that's a, I was just thinking like, that's it because that's a major. They say that a lot in yeah. uh, forty-seven meters down. Yeah. Oh, okay. Rapture of the deep. Yeah. So it's when it's is that when there's like too much pressure or is it no, just it's, you it's, just start losing your oxygen the, from the, the, the oxygen blend. Yeah. Okay. So. Uh, the sister ends up saying like like oh you're getting silly and that's because first you get silly with this mm-hmm. nitrogen mycosis yeah. and then you die and so uh, she's able to to pull it together at the last second what does the last girl end up doing I can't remember how she ends up hitting her something and, and getting the oxygen mask. Yeah. Oh, she hits her out the window, right? Yeah. I thought again for a second they were going to kill the villain just no. like the first yeah, one. Yeah, I know. Right? First, because in the first one, you're like, oh, wow, Syndrome doesn't get, <laughs> yeah, doesn't get a chance for redemption. They, nope. they kill Syndrome and yeah. it's because of capes and the jet yeah. on a plane too. Yeah. Funny enough. Uh, and then at these crazy heights, this jet is up, you know, high enough where they can't even breathe. Yeah, and then Elastro hits the sister out the window and is falling. And so it's like, wow, are they really going to do this again? Mm-hmm. Uh, but she's able to put on the oxygen mask. She's able to, uh, you know, steer the plane back down to a normal level that eventually crashes. Um, and then she jumps out the window and, and skydives to go catch the sister, which I like. Yeah. Um, you know, I always like it when they have a chance to like, catch the villain and put mm-hmm. them in jail you know and it's kind of like the old it's like i'm a big fan of batman you know you yeah. always like that closure or at least the temporary closure of like okay they saved the day they got the villain they're in yeah. jail you know and they can answer for their crimes yeah and so she's able to and you can use them again right. <laughs> well yeah and that's the main part in comics like yeah don't kill yeah. them off so she's able to save her uh, at the last minute whenever she's she's like crashing down to the ship uh, void is able to open up another void mm-hmm. and says open up your parachute you know like in her mind she's saying open it up and elastigirl does she turns herself into a parachute so that uh, she can protect them and void like has them roll onto the ship at a slow speed um and so yeah i mean that pretty much wraps it up uh, the stop. brother the brother again shows that he had no part in this uh when she was trying to smuggle him onto the jet he ends up jumping back onto the cruise ship um, the television that had all the you the ambassadors and people under control he ends up breaking it so like yeah you know, he ends up he's helping save yeah, yeah. the day like he's not they're, yeah they're, yeah, they're reassuring you like he had no intention to ever he didn't orchestrate it and had no intention of ever following the sister on this crazy plan he is a good guy he loves superheroes just like the father um, so he ends up helping people and saving them um, but yeah they they capture the bad guy and uh, she she ends up going to jail uh and i think they say something like well if she has enough money because the brother's like congratulating them and they're like sorry about your sister but if you have enough money you'll probably probably won't even yeah rich people don't go to jail yeah like yeah there's yeah Yeah. nice little (laughs) so yeah yeah, i like i I like that again commentary and uh you know and he's and bob odekirk's just like oh we'll see what happens yeah Uh, but you know it's 
they leave it open like this is going to be the beginning of a beautiful friendship type of right, thing. Right. You know, you can see that um, like super. He's going to be their bi- their backer. Their, yeah, yeah, I was yeah. going to say their financer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, clearly, he's going to be a part of the team in some in some way. But uh, the because of everything that happened and all the footage and, that they have, they end up keeping superheroes legalized, mm-hmm. which is a cool opening for the next one. So they don't have to sneak around. They can yeah. actually be in the public eye and be the heroes that they want to be in these first two movies, uh, or at least be viewed as. Um, and yeah, they, they kind of just leave yeah. it open. Uh, they leave a, a nice, uh, closure for Violet. She, the she date. gets her, yeah, she gets her date, her date. Yeah. Uh, but he still doesn't remember her, but he kind of does. Yeah. But yeah. He meets her remembers at, her from the new, restaurant. Yeah. yeah. From the restaurant scene. There's yeah. the one we didn't mention, but the dad takes him to the restaurant. He works and they drive all the way there. And then he ends up embarrassing her because yeah. she like sucks in the water and blows it out her nose. Yeah. And so he's like, are you the girl with the water? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she runs away. But yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, it's a really nice closure for the whole family you know they're all together superheroes are legalized it's open for more adventures and, and someone with the money that can bankroll them um that's pretty much yeah it i i will say it the movie's almost two hours long yeah. does not feel it, it does not no. i when it was over i was not at all disappointed so i don't mean this negatively but i'm like it's over like that's it yeah. as in like oh yeah. my gosh we waited 14 years it was a totally fun ride but it went by so fast yeah that I'm like, I'm going to have to go see this again to I enjoy think it. Some of it is it, it doesn't do what a lot of movies do where there's lots of kind of fake endings. Yeah. You right. know what I mean? Where they like kind of catch the bad guy and then they yeah. get away again or whatever. Like no. it, it, it's got You're to, always expecting more. Yeah. Because there are so many fake out endings. Right. And yeah. where this just had such a good, uh, you know, good pacing and it yeah. just, it went through the plot and they took care of the bad guy and that was it. Once they did it, it wasn't the, yeah, but, you know. Oh. Well, and there's, and you know, it ends similar to the last one where it ends where like it, the next thing's just about to start and right there's a, a, a i felt bad for this kid like. and they, but violet's like no out of the car he has to get out of the car right. yeah. <laughs> and they get him out she tells him to buy the seats and she says like fifth row set or something like that yeah i'll be and there then, after, and, after the previews or before yeah. and they off they go because she doesn't want him to see yeah. the like she finally got her date she doesn't not want him to see doesn't want to get a hero. mind wiped yeah. again yeah <laughs> so that was, that was good yeah. um yeah i just i just feel like yeah, hopefully in the next one they do whatever they have to do and they get back in time for the movie. Yeah. I just felt bad for that kid and for Violet. I'm like, geez, of course something yeah. has to come up. Um, but yeah, I I loved it. I thought it was great. Um, I mean, technically yeah. it it looked amazing while still keeping the tone and yeah, uh, and the, look of the first one and it's fun. Yeah. It's a really fun movie. It is. Uh, yeah. And and think of, I mean, they had so much weight on their shoulders. Mm-hmm. It's been 14 years. They even have an introduction by the cast saying, right, yeah. saying, sorry, it's taken us so long. So that, it will be that worth. was not just at the screening? No, that's a no, thing I that played it. everywhere. Oh, okay. Yeah. I didn't know if and it was read, everywhere. Yeah. yeah, I read yeah, online I about it. it before that people opening yeah. night had said uh, Thursday yeah. night they saw it. But, you know, they have, you know, Helen Hunt and Craig T. Nelson and I think is it Samuel Jackson. They have a bunch yeah. of the actors right. on there saying, sorry but it is worth the wait yeah and i completely yeah. agree i they had a big responsibility with a sequel to a movie like this and mm-hmm. especially after the time and well they've done it before with toy stories well you know and i found it interesting about but not that, the time that gap. intro is that sometimes those things feel there very, was a pretty good well, gap between two and three yes, not was. But 14 there was yeah but no, no not, not this three, but it was still a good because yeah. everybody's like 14 years yeah yeah, yeah. um but they pulled it off but those those intros are usually sometimes are kind of like Nah, yeah, this one. Um, I also thought it did a good job because, and I don't know that is it completely intentional, but it, it de Lassiter's. Um, oh, Pixar. That's, that's a good point. I didn't think about that. 
because I'm like, oh, that's really smart because usually when we would see those and Pixar did them a lot. Yeah. Sometimes only through certain theater chains. Right. Because like AMC, they'd be like, oh, I'm John Lasseter and AMC. We're so Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, they did that and I was like, oh, this is a good way to like sort of like take his name out. Yeah. Yeah. I hadn't thought about that, but that's it. I I mean, I... Is I his name on the credits for this one? I, it is for the short film. I don't know. Yeah, if, if if he was involved, I think legally it has to be. Well, yeah, well like of that, course. Like yeah, that's the credit. problem they're having with Roseanne, where they want to do a spinoff, but she owns the characters, yeah. and so yeah. they still need her permission to do it. So right, but yeah, it was one of those things. I was just like, hmm. Yeah. So, I, Dan, I, do you have a uh, video recovery? For I us? do, uh, and it's uh, it and it's it's one of, as I was watching it um, in the movie. Uh, you caught it. Yeah. You see Quest on, on a building. Right. And I'm like, that is the Johnny Quest logo. Yes. And and, and I'm like, oh, my God, are they going to, you know, part of me is like, oh, I, I really want them to make Johnny Quest part of this world. <laughs> yeah, that would be cool. But it's so pulled from Johnny Quest. Yeah. Was it, I mean, was it an advertisement or was it the, like it's like their head? No, it was, it was like, on it was a like, building. It like looks like Stark a, Tower. Right. Wow. Yeah. That's yeah. And it's the Quest logo. It was the so, Quest yeah. yeah, they're saying that this entity exists in this world. And then later on, though. Johnny Quest is uh, they're watching, they're watching Johnny yeah. Quest and Brad Bur- Brad Bird has said like in animated movies he feels like it should be a rule that when uh, characters are watching uh, television it should be animated which I was like yeah good idea although <laughs> technically Outer Limits was not animated but the animated intro because they uh, gotcha. they're also watching yeah. the Outer Limits yeah well uh, so now was that Quest scene it was obviously super high definition and everything did they create it for the movie or is that out of no that no, sure no, looked no. like original that, footage that looked like original footage really okay so Johnny Quest um yeah when I saw that I, 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 the first thing I went to was like God Johnny Quest has such an influence on this movie um it. You know, so much so, you know, like the hydrofoil and the villains and the, you know, kids children. Uh, yeah, children, right, you know, yeah. Ch- kids fighting, guns, children at at actual risk. So, you know, I was like, uh, you know, I went back and uh, uh, the original Johnny Quest uh, aired it, uh, over a year. And I think it was 1964 or 63. Uh, it was... Um, Originally, just twenty six episodes. I was going to say, isn't that one with a surprisingly t- small amount of episodes? Twenty six episodes over the scope of it. That's uh, crazy. The, the span of because the year. entire collection. I found that out because I saw yeah. the entire collection on sale, and it said like mm-hmm. all twenty six episodes, the complete series. Yeah. Now they brought it back a couple times, but the original run was only yeah those, those twenty six episodes. And what's interesting about Johnny Quest is, um, yeah, and I and I was like, I think this is a huge influence. So I I went and Brad Bird in interviews now is talking about. John, how much Johnny Quest right. influenced him and also influenced the movie. He's like, oh, that's totally from Johnny Quest. And then and in the earlier movie, it's the same thing. Well, he, um, you know, he he's actually on at front, the DVD release, which, you know, I don't know, 12, 14 years. It was before yeah. Incredibles, I, I believe, came out. He's well, on the DVD. Well, it would make sense, though, since that's Hanna-Barbera, which is yeah. part of, isn't that part of the Time Warner? Yeah. All that. So, like, and he was making yeah, movies. Yeah, because he's, Iron Giant was right. a, you know, so, like, uh, he'd have been sense. in that, he, he'd yeah. have been in that world. Yeah, and he's gushing about Johnny Quest, and um, it, it, it's funny because uh, in talking about it and looking at it, it's like, uh Johnny Quest was an actual primetime animated series when it came out. It wasn't aimed at oh, kids. Oh, that was primetime? I, did, prime I didn't realize time. that. Yeah, and it was primetime. And it was what's interesting is it had such a unique look because uh, um, I think it's Doug Wildey, this artist that they brought in, um, Hanna-Barbera brought in, um, 
you know, he was a, an artist. He was like a comic book cover artist right. and an illustrator. So the look was very uh, illustrative and not uh, of, uh, you know. It like wasn't it was cartoony. Not like at that, all. Like it, yeah, it was. It the, looks like Archer looks today. Kind yeah. Of, but it's, yeah. It, the style is so unique. It's really cool. Yeah. It's, yeah. A, it's a very like, you know, like a heavy shadow. And he did. He broke a lot of rules of. Well, he, he didn't come from animation. So he broke rules of animation. Yeah. And he brought in people who were like. You know, drew for popular science and stuff like that. So, like everything was grounded. Such a in great looking look. car. Nothing looked no, like that's that. So Nothing, unique, and yeah. still doesn't. Yeah. yeah, but it's like because of that, such a heavy influence in in a lot of what you see in the art direction and the design and the character and all that stuff is sort of, you know, in this. Well, even the I think a lot of the. I feel like they borrowed a lot of the tech design. Oh yeah, you know what I mean. Like well, it's that, the that, technical stuff the, that looks the boat, right? The plane, the yeah. cars, like everything in that. It's like, oh my god, it's, yeah. It's really, and and Robert has. Not, I mean, he Jack Jack absolutely is, says Jack Jack is bandit. Oh, totally. <laughs> yeah, bandit. The only thing that was not designed by uh, the the bandit. You know, if you ever watch it, bandit, the bandit has a slightly different look than the characters, right. and it's because that was not designed by Doug Wildey. Lord. And uh, I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, so, I mean, if you have not seen Johnny Quest, uh, uh, it's a 26-episode run. Uh, try to catch it. It is so good and, and still holds up. Now, Don't waste your time people... with the ones that they brought back. No, 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 no. The one from the 60s. Um, yeah, and yes, there is uh, racism. <laughs> I was I was going to ask you that. Um, <laughs> yes. uh, I haven't watched it in a long time. How does Haji hold up? Um, uh, oh, here the interesting thing about Haji is it does. He's he is a stereo, stereotypical, but he's not stupid, right? He's not. He's, I, I remember he, he has uh, heroic qualities. It's a pretty progressive take yes. on the character and the ethnicity yeah. for its time. Yeah, he was like, a, a street kid. He ends up being adopted. He ends up being you know uh, Johnny's adopted brother, right? Um, he, but they treat and they treat him like a brother. He's yeah. one of the family. Yeah, and uh, yeah, they, he's not a servant, right? Um, you, you know, so it's one of those. Y- y- there are stereotypical, you know, and, and in some of the villains too, you're, right? But oh, that's true. There's the the Asian guy they're always fighting. <laughs> that's, yeah, yeah, that's pretty. But it, it is. I mean, you have to understand. But it's not a a just a absolute like we're embarrassed when you're right. watching it. Uh, it still holds up very, very well, and uh, and um, there's so much influence. And, and Brad Bruce is on record as saying, like, "Oh, it's totally influenced by by Johnny Quest." So if you're really into like how he's able to take an adult, you know, make an adult cartoon that kids see one way and, and right. adults see another way, Bugs Bunny's another thing. Yeah, um, then definitely check out Johnny Quest. Um, did you ever watch the ones where they brought him back? Yes. What I'd like so there was a girl too. The new adventure, Jesse. That's okay. Yeah. 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 The best thing about that was the intro, and then you know, because uh, that's the other thing is the music. Uh, oh, the music, the music uh, is is this jazzy music, yeah. adventure music, and that's the other thing that like uh, Michael Giacano, yeah, I think the guy yeah. who the, the composer of this, yeah, um, that's totally pulled from Johnny Quest. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. so good. I mean, yeah, I mean we, we don't get enough bongo drums yeah. right now, but the yeah, you know, bongo drums are all over Johnny Quest I, in this movie. Yeah, I I think we'd be remiss not even to, to mention. I'm glad you said something like the score is so good; it fits the yeah. Incredible so well. Yeah, um, it, it really is. I love the the tone of it, and it does fit that like '60s era vibe. Mm-hmm. But in the action sequences, yeah. but a product of things like Johnny mm-hmm. Quest and those mm-hmm. action sequences, it just fits so well with the style and the tone of the movie. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah, it's great. Yeah. 
Well, thank you, Dan. Yeah. So uh, I guess that's it for this one. Uh, Let's go around the table and everyone can say where to find them. Uh, This is Dan. You can find me on Twitter, DanGranny67, G-R-A-N-E-Y. This is Kevin. Follow me on Twitter, at Kevin R. Brackett, and listen to Show Spoilers, where we spoil all the Westworld episodes at the moment. And this is Tom. You can find me on Twitter at Roger Kubert or on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Tom O'Keefe. If you would like to continue the conversation online, find us at Facebook.com slash Real Spoilers or on Twitter at Real Spoilers. Also, we're available on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to uh, rate, review, subscribe. And uh, if you would like even more content, check us out at Patreon.com slash Real Spoilers. So uh, that's it for this one. Next week, we will be tackling Jurassic World. Isn't that what they're calling it? Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. There we go. Yeah, I can't. I was like Jurassic World. Jurassic I can't keep track of. It's called no. Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. Is okay, the there we title. go. Whatever. I could. I could keep track of the movies. I cannot keep track of their titlings. Yeah, nomenclature. <laughs> it's a I'm little. Like, yeah, it gets more and more confusing the yeah. older I get. So, but uh, we'll be talking about a dinosaur movie. How about that? So there that's you go. that's what you have to look forward to. So until then, thanks for tuning in. And Ron Wilson gets superpowers by falling into toxic waste. Mr. Incredible, 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 catching the bad guys, pow, pow, Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.